0: On this episode of Resi Week, Apple debuts Apple TV Plus, Google has a new streaming gaming platform, and CDS HQ has its grand opening. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. Nation.
2: This is AV Nation.
0: This is Resi Week, episode 165 Original Disruptor. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott, for AVNation.tv. And today I'm pleased to be joined by uh, one of my longest standing AV friends. It's Heather Sidorowich. She is, she is the president of Southtown AV. How are you doing, my friend?
2: I like that you said longest and not oldest.
0: No, longest.
2: Longest, one of trying. the
0: youngest, but the the <laughs> longest standing.
2: I am I am just grand, just catching up after a week of fun last week, which we can talk about later.
0: We will talk about that later. It, it was a busy week, uh, and then we have uh, my my friend in green, uh, Ted Green, the editor of Strategy.com. How you doing, my friend?
1: Wow, go green, go sparty,
0: go green, go white. Yes. Uh, if you missed it, um, Ted Green is a uh, Michigan State alum. My sister went to to Michigan State, went to school in Lansing, and Spartans played an amazing game of basketball on a, on Sunday. So Huge we're, turnover. Oh yeah. So we're we're very very happy. But enough of the sporting news. Let's get into the tech news, which is probably why you're here, coming to us from Residential Tech Today. Apple has big plans for the ways in which we watch TV. This is by the one and only Michael Heiss. Uh, If you haven't followed Apple and their Apple TV product, it has been around for quite a few years now, um, but it's always been just kind of a box. It's never really lived up to the hype of what Apple could potentially do with a TV service. That potentially uh, has all changed as of Monday when Tim Cook or Tim Apple as you may have heard him referred to recently, um, got up on stage, talked about a bunch of really cool things, announced some really cool things, including their new news app and news plus as well as a credit card, which was, uh, I gotta say the, the first time I, I literally just did a, I'm sorry, what?
2: Right. Certainly not something expected.
0: Not at all. No. No no. And now for one more thing, it would have been perfect. Had they, uh, Gone down the old Steve Jobs way, but nonetheless, they also announced Apple TV. Plus, this is a honestly, an absolutely huge deal. What it's going to do is it's a couple of things, they're obviously going to curate a bunch of their own content, and they brought out uh, arguably some of the biggest names in TV and movies on stage to talk about that, uh, including. You know, JJ Abrams and Steven Spielberg, and just a a whole number of people, um, Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston, uh, just a a plethora of, you know, celebrities uh, there to not only in the audience, but also on stage talking about their new shows and movies that they're doing. The other thing, which I gotta say was probably the most shocking of the event for me, was that they brought out and announced that they will be adding Airplay to. Uh, which had already been announced for Samsung, but also is now going to be available on LG, Sony, and Vizio TVs uh, going forward. But also that they're going to embed an Apple TV app into the smart docks, if you will, of all of those TVs and uh, things such as Roku.
2: And Matt, wasn't this actually announced at CES?
0: The AirPlay 2 for Samsung was. But as far as the app living natally natively on the TVs. No, that, that was all new. So Heather, like I do. Gremlin. Pardon?
2: Like a little gremlin.
0: Yeah, just. Heather, I do want to start with you on that. Um, adding AirPlay t- to adding native apps, etc., cetera, um, across the board is in my opinion, going to be a fairly strong game changer for a lot of people that are Apple households. How does this affect the way in which we as integrators, one, go about, selling systems but more importantly designing systems knowing that now you know one of the most ubiquitous products is native within the set
2: i think it's great i mean if our purpose is to make life better for people using technology um, i've always thought that uh, apple tv always did the best job from a user interface user interface standpoint Um, so we often lean have our clients go towards that direction others can get you there. I just think that Apple does it really well and really pretty and it's easy for baby boomers and and everybody to understand. Um, So having that available is, it's a great hook. And we all know, we know that we're almost at the end of the era of cable. Um, You know, your kids, my kids, they won't grow up channel surfing, right? They only grow up getting content they want and being suggested to them. I'm amazed at how much my kids have gone from Netflix, and my kids are 10 and 12, um, and now it's YouTube, and I never ever considered YouTube as a channel, Um, Mm -hmm. and so it's constantly about streaming, and they know it. They've known it for years, and they've hinted at it, and this is really the first nugget that they're giving us, right? They haven't given us pricing yet, um, but they're giving us a nugget of what it could be.
0: Very good. Ted, when you look at this, when you, when you follow this, I know you always dig down into, um, you know, the, the press releases and, and really what they're saying, you don't always get caught up in the gloss of it. Um, when you look at this, the, well, and it's very easy to do in a, in an Apple presentation anymore. They're, they're so well produced. If you're not paying attention, you just get caught up on the, the, the flash of it. Looking at all the original content, all the curated content, looking at the apps, looking at everything else. What did they not announce? What part is not clear in this that gives you pause?
1: I don't know what the over under is on this, but uh, I would say the jury is out as as to where Apple is going with this. Apple is going in a whole new road, uh, a whole new innovation strategy, if you will. The the secret sauce that Apple has had for years, the thing that has given them a huge competitive advantage is that they controlled both the hardware environment and the software environment. And they, when, when IBM was saying think, Apple was saying think differently. They took fresh new approaches. They looked at ways to disrupt industries. They're really one of the original disruptors. And they thought about how can we uh, reconceive a product? The, obviously, the best example of that is the smartphone. Uh, when Apple first entered the, the, the uh, cell phone business, um, I think a lot of people questioned whether or not they had um, any, uh, opportunity, any ability to really uh, do something big there. And probably the most brilliant thing they did was they went to AT&T and said, well, look, we'll give you all of our business. We'll only produce for your product, but you've got to let us dictate the user interface. Up till then, the cell phone companies, that was their domain. They wouldn't let anybody tell them that. But Apple was so big, so powerful, so successful, they agreed to that to get that exclusivity. And it was a huge success. So being able to control the hardware and the software is the secret to the success. Unfortunately, they've run out of ideas for the iPhone. iPhone hardware sales are beginning to drop. And um, they're uh, trying to reconceive how can we how can we innovate? Where can we go? And they decided to, um, you know, go after services. Um, you had mentioned that, uh, they, they refer to Apple TV, their little uh, Apple TV box as a hobby. The reason they referred to it as a hobby is it was a dismal failure. And so they knew they couldn't go in there and say, this is a strong product. So Steve jobs, and I was watching that event, by the way, made a joke of it and said, that's our little hobby. Uh, Apple TV. So, you know, Apple TV recently, you may have heard uh, Apple had uh, launched a whole division for autonomous vehicles. Now they've closed that division down and laid off all those people. Apple's in a different world now. They're hoping that services will help to offset their losses in hardware sale. Um, And they have some degree, obviously, of uh, impacting services uh, you know in terms of the user experience on their products, but this is all new territory, and they 're untested in this territory on top of which you 've got whole industries now that are on to Apple they now see Apple as not necessarily a guaranteed automatic home run they 've seen them fail in a couple of uh, a couple of areas i 'll give you a very good example of that. the book industry when Apple wanted to launch digital books. Uh, going out after Amazon, Mm -hmm. the book industry had learned what Apple had done to the music industry, which they decimated it by forcing the music industry to break albums down, sell by the song, and sell them for only 99 cents a song. Why 99 cents? Because that's what Steve Jobs felt they were worth. They also set up the processing of the sale of the songs, right, through Apple, and Basically, Apple owned the customer, so the book publishers didn't want to go that route, and they pushed back on that. And so you're seeing the point I'm trying to make is the magic, the Apple magic. And you know, look, I use an iPhone, all right. So I'm just not a, I'm not a real Apple fanboy. I think that they um, they um, they are riding a lot on their past glories. We'll see where this goes. Now, having said all that, clearly from the consumer perspective. Content is what really it's all about. And hardware was only a way to get to content. So if they can get their act together and and really deliver a compelling offer of content, it will be good. But I'm already seeing problems. So for example, you mentioned Apple News. There are major publishers that refuse to participate in Apple News. Why? Because Apple absolutely insisted on an insanely high commission, uh, uh uh in the transaction and uh you know of course the content creators are going what it costs us to create this content and you know you're just giving it away on your system essentially you're selling it at uh, at a package price for all the content um it just wasn't that profitable for them so they have a lot of players on the news service but they have some major players that refuse to participate so
2: similar to apple know, music right ted i mean apple music was the same way when it first came out there were those that fought against it and said will never be on there. Most of them eventually came on there one way or another.
1: Well, Apple Music, um, yes, that's exactly right. I mean, that that was a little bit of a different game as opposed to iTunes. Uh, The problem with iTunes is that universally from the music industry side, that turned out to be a big mistake on their part. And so they look at any of these new initiatives a little bit differently. And so with Apple Music, they took a different approach and they bought beats and they got jimmy iovine who has a lot of credibility in the music industry and they started making a little more outreach there to make a little more sense as they wanted to branch into streaming so um they, they made some good moves there i think to to uh, soothe over some of those uh uh strained relationships but uh point i'm trying to make is um i don't i don't sell them short but i also don't sit here and go oh apple's doing this it's an instant home run
2: we'll i have to believe that doesn't apple have like one percent of all of our money
1: Something, Something like that. that. Something By the like way, that. Apple credit card is really nothing more than just an offshoot of uh, Apple Pay, which Apple Pay, um, you know, has caused a lot of disruption with the banking industry. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see where they go with it. There's a, you know, there's a feeling with some of these initiatives that they're less bulletproof business plan and more, let's try this, let's try that and see what we can make work. So let's see what happens and let's see where they go.
0: I will say if they can manage to turn the subscriber base the same way they did with Apple music and took a streaming platform concept that was essentially a free account only and turned it into something like 40 million accounts within the first six months paid, they'll they'll have a home run on their hands. (laughs)
1: They're still not the largest service though. They're still way below Spotify and Pandora. I mean,
0: are they not number one for paid though?
1: I was going to say, given the fact that they're pay only, you can say, yes, they're doing well for pay only, but they don't have the largest audience. And so maybe that's by design.
0: But if you look at it from a business sense, don't they want the paid aspect? They don't want to give stuff away for free. I'm
2: going to do nothing for free. Exactly. You know, no, they don't want to
1: give anything for free, but I'm just making the point they're not the largest audience. So yes, no. you're right. And I'm not even sure they're the largest paid audience because Spotify has a pretty large paid audience i'd have to check those statistics Yeah, i'd
0: have to double check that as yeah well.
1: i'm not saying they haven't done well there they have done well there and like i said they brought in they bought beats and they brought in jimmy Iovine, and they made they made some good inroads there a lot more quickly than maybe they would have uh, if they'd taken a more traditional approach but uh, you know again they don't own that world yet they're doing well but they don't own that world yet
0: very good all right let's move on to our next story of the day this comes to us from ce pro and andrew nichols Google Stadia is bringing cloud gaming to home networks. If you missed this uh last week, um Google announced a streaming platform for gaming. And when I say streaming platform, I don't mean in the traditional sense of the way streaming streaming gaming is done currently where you still have to have the console. Literally everything is On the cloud, the only hardware available is a proprietary controller. As you read through this, uh, it it was a very interesting um, announcement and going to be a very interesting program. Essentially, they are saying that they are going to allow users to stream 4K HDR games directly to literally any device, uh, whether it's a phone, a tablet, a TV, um, a PC, something connected to the TV via a Chromecast pretty much anything. And there are many people that are getting on board with this, including many of the big developers. Ted, I'm gonna come back to you uh, to start off with this one. When you look at gaming, and and I realize that to a degree, this is slightly outside of our realm, but what makes it a, a, a big aspect of our realm is that if you have a client, if you have homeowners that all of a sudden want to be able to play Stadia games, and again, stream that 4K, 60 frames per second, HDR content, the network is going to have to be pretty beefy. When you look at this, when you look at this report, is this a is this a cause for concern that many of our, our residential networks aren't up to par, aren't up to snuff on this? Or is this just a golden opportunity for integrators to be able to go up to any client of theirs and say, hey, If you're into gaming, if you like that, normally your network's got to be rock solid. But if you want to use Stadia, you really need a rock solid network. And here's how we can help you.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, all of this remains to be seen. It's show me the money moment here. It's a great plan. It sounds good. Uh, Gamers, it's a huge community and they tend to be very committed to uh, their craft um, I think that uh, in the article that, uh, that CE pro ran uh, the writer uh, referred to steam um, I can tell you that two of my kids are huge steam fans and uh, which is uh, download not streaming but um, you know streaming is a tricky business and uh, I'm not even sure that there's a you know I'm not even sure that lag is going to be totally dependent upon the uh, residential network. I mean, I think you could install just a rockin residential network and still have issues um, it, with lag with lag from streams uh, from the Stadia servers to your system. So, streaming is uh, tricky business. Netflix has uh, mastered it, um, but gameplay is even different than movie play. So, and the gamers have very low tolerance for anything that impacts gameplay. So if there are lag issues or drop signals or things of that nature, you know, one or two times, and they're going to abandon it and go on to other options. But sure. uh, but the idea is, I mean, this is an interesting diversification. It is uh, it is a huge um, channel. It's a huge market. And if they can, uh, you know, if they can pull it off, then I think it's uh, potentially a big business. But I, I, I think there's going to be, know there's going to be technical issues and it's there there are going to be challenges that are going to be tough to overcome.
0: Heather when you look at this does this and again I realize I kind of asked you the same question about the the previous article but again I really want to dig into your mindset on this does this change the way in which or or, or what's what's happening with our system design uh, across the board residentially it used to always be a rack in the basement, full of gear, full of gaming systems that were you know, patched to different rooms throughout the house. More and more, we're getting away from that centralized system and moving to everything kind of pocketed into different systems. How do we have to change our approach to that? And in addition to that, are there uh, DRM concerns with this? That because it's a cloud-based system and, and really a streaming platform, when the when a game developer Ubisoft, for example, all of a sudden decides they want you to play the new version of this game, can they just turn it off?
2: Hmm. I suppose they could. Um, and I'm not an expert in the gaming world. I, again, you know, I watch it really from my kids' perspective, um, and I, I'm fascinated by you know they had a Wii at some point, and then that goes aside, <sighs> the and they played Minecraft later on, and they loved Minecraft, and now they're playing. Um, they, they actually recently convinced their parents to uh, a subscription-based game, which was fascinating to me. Uh, and it was the first time I'd really heard about that, um, which is, you know, kind of our first step before streaming. Um, but so they're, 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 yeah, it's subscription-based. I guess it is streaming at that point. Um, and it, it's fascinating. So that they, the game hooked them in and said, hey, you can't get to these other worlds, which I've seen forever with, you know, you can get the star points or, you know, the things you can get once you got certain points. But... With paid, you got further, but this was opening up a whole new level of a video game um, that they were just really grooving on. And it's really it's fascinating to me to see how that's changed. And how on one side we have the VR world and and the 4K and the HDR, and on the other world you have the popularity of something like Minecraft, which is the most basic, simple. You know, I can't even watch it. Um, so where we're going. I I don't have the expertise to say, but man, I'll sit back and watch the ride.
0: (laughs) Very good. All right, let's move to our last story of the day. This comes to us from Medium and Josh AI. Uh, It's a a quick overview from the people at Josh AI who were recently in town to tour the brand new HQ. Heather and I just happened to be there last week. Uh, for a week of some meetings and a wonderful grand opening of the new building. If you missed it on social, uh, we will have some more content up, but pretty much everybody's covering uh, this event from last week. In addition to this article from uh, Josh AI, Uh, essentially CDA ground broke on uh, a new building about a year and a half ago, give or take, and it has been recently completed. They moved in uh, towards the end of last year And it has been just getting ready for its grand opening that happened on Thursday night. Heather, you and I were both there um, as members of the board and and got to participate in that grand opening and be around for all the tours and and, and all the jazz and all that fun stuff. Going through the space, what really excited you? What prompted you? What were you you blown away by uh, going through that tour?
2: Um, I'm impressed, blown away by the way that um, what they built is what exists um, in the, for their workspace environment. So um, these kind of huddle spaces, these breakout spaces from a commercial aspect, which I do as well, it was nice to see that that working and, and then using it and then us getting to use it for different meetings and spaces. Um, they did a really good job and they did their research on that. Um, and they separated their space by floor. So, on the first floor, when you walk in, that's all about their design um, and the experience, not about product. And that was beautifully done as well. So, you walk in, and there's a beautiful lobby, a beautiful flat screen TV, music's pumping through. And then there's a kitchen, a bathroom, um, a very cool, hip, like most technical bathroom I've ever seen. Um, and of course, for the the highest and amazing theater as well. The two floors up is actually where everybody works. And I think that they did a great job of keeping that separate. Um, Also on the first floor around the corner is where their boot camps will be. So they'll be training the future leaders of tomorrow, um, future technicians of tomorrow, and other training spaces. So I really like the way that they put that together. I think that was a really wise decision to keep that separate. And yet, you know, all together at the same time. Um, And it was it was well done. I mean, they, they, they really put it together. You can't walk in there and think this was a waste of money. I've seen the numbers. You've seen the numbers. It's, it's done really well.
0: Very good. Ted, I I know you weren't able to get there, unfortunately, due to some, some timing issues, but one of the things, and and I'm sure you've seen a bunch of the imagery from the building, but one of the things that I wanted to kind of talk to you about was, the the concept and the benefit of having a truly you know current um essentially home vignette. there's there's a living room there's a there's a kitchen with a bunch of connected appliances and things like that there's as heather mentioned and alluded to a connected bedroom with a a whole plethora of technology in there as well as a a very nice high-end theater that we we got to do some demos in and it's really nice. Um, how important is it to be able to have spaces like this, where people can come and experience, really the the upper echelon of what we do? I realize that you know that doesn't necessarily fit across the gamut, but when you walk throughout the rest of the building, there's breakout rooms that you know just have a, a Sonos Play Bar as a nice little you know TV mount and system. It's not just ultra high end but how important is it to have that type of experience center available for use? Well,
1: in general, having an, you know, experience center is why a lot of integrators have experience centers. And, um, I think it's very applicable to their businesses. How applicable is it that a trade association has an experience center? Um, I would say it's probably nice, but I don't know how many visitors they get. And, um, you know, so it, it, it's hard to say, but obviously a lot of the top integrators, uh, install very, uh, very, uh, luxurious experience centers. Um, so they can show, uh, you know, exactly a dramatic home theater. They can show, um, you know, the reality is that most consumers that are looking for, uh, technology in their home really have no concept of what's even op, uh, you know, available for them. Mm-hmm. So for the local integrator, I think it makes a lot of sense.
0: Very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll leave it there. Uh, if you do have a, a moment to check out every all, all the news coverage and and all the photos from that grand opening definitely check it out it's a really cool space and we were very glad to be a part of it or at least I shouldn't speak for you Heather but I was very glad to be a part
2: of it it was was lovely
0: Um, and uh, if you were there and we had a chance to meet or we didn't please drop us a line Uh, it was it was great to connect with so many friends when we were there Uh, Heather if people want to connect with you learn more about Southtown AV where can they do that
2: Um, I am tech uh, underscore chi C H I on Twitter, um, Tech Chi, um, and you can Google me and find me anywhere. Um, the name of the company is Southtown Audio Video, southtownav.com and all the social fun stuff.
1: Is Chi like some kind of yoga term or? It is. Is that- so it's
2: the the it started with a balance between technology and life, right? So we have a lot of people who do technology out there, and there's a lot of. Um, what's another word for ego? Um, right. So this was about being, you know, someone who's not just about the technology and huge speakers and spaces, but how do you make it sound great and look good? You know, how do you balance life with technology?
0: (laughs) Very good. Ted, thanks so much for being here. If people want to connect with you, learn more about strategy.com and all of the things that you write about, where can they find that?
1: Always a blast to be with you, Matt, if not like dancing through a minefield. Um, I am all over the internet. wow. Well. <laughs> Facebook or Twitter, uh, uh, Facebook.com slash Ted Green, T E D G R E E N, Twitter, same thing. Um, and also, the best place really to get me is on strategy.com, S T R A T A hyphen G E E dot com. I'm there all the time.
0: Excellent. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, For myself, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv where you'll find this show, as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the site, please take out a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Week.